This is Brain Diet, episode 157, Being a Successful Entrepreneur with an Autoimmune Condition, with Elizabeth Chapel. I love so much focusing on the food we feed our body, but I love even more focusing on the stuff we feed our brain. My name is Taylor Ann Macy, and I am a certified life coach. Welcome to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain the best information. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the podcast. I am excited today to share with you my conversation with Elizabeth Chapel. So Elizabeth is an entrepreneur, a very successful entrepreneur, and started a business from the ground up and now runs it like a boss. And she has an autoimmune condition in addition to ADHD. And so it was such a thrill to chat with her about pursuing your dreams and doing hard things with chronic illness, with things that physically can get in the way. And it was such a refreshing conversation to hear her talk about navigating the difficulties of an autoimmune condition and still showing up in her life in a way that she wanted to and creating something that is meaningful and powerful in the world. And I just had so much fun chatting with her. So I am excited to share that conversation with you today. Be sure to check her out on Instagram and check out her stuff. She's a total boss and was such an inspiration to chat with today. So please enjoy my conversation with Elizabeth Chapel. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the podcast. I am really excited today to sit down with Elizabeth Chapel, who just in the few minutes that we've been chatting before we hit record, I'm like, she's a boss. She's got so much to teach the world. <laughs> so I'm so excited that you are on the podcast. You, I can tell you've got so much wisdom to share. So thank you so much for being on. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Totally. So tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of what you were telling me. You are an entrepreneur, a businesswoman. Tell us your story. Yeah. So yes, I am an entrepreneur, businesswoman. My business happens to be in the quilting world. And so I think a lot of people are like, oh, you're a quilter. But I'm really, my passion is business. And, And it started in 2016. And I realized there was this niche market of quilting. And I started a monthly subscription box for quilters. And then I was like, well, I better learn how to quilt if I'm going to have a business in this area. Hold on. You, you didn't know how to quilt before you started this? Mm-mm, nope. <laughs> so how did how did you fall into that? That's so cool. Yeah. I My best friend, neighbor at the time, we would like go walking every day. And I was like, we should start a business together. And her mom was a super successful fabric designer in the quilting world. And she came to Houston every year. They have a big convention here. And I was like, can I come along and see what your mom does? And that's when I was like, whoa, this is huge. This is cool. This is trendy. And it's all the things that a business needs to have. Like it's a niche market. People are already congregating. They're spending billions of dollars. Like let's do something in this industry. And then I was like, all right, well, let me, let me learn how to quilt then. (laughs) That's so rad. Did you have entrepreneurial experience before? Had you started any businesses or what was your background? 
Yeah. I mean, I studied English in college and I remember going on a date with a guy in college who he was studying entrepreneurship and I was like, eh, red flag. That is so risky. Who would do that? You know? <laughs> and now here I am. Yep. So I, I was my entire life. I didn't know it until I started a business and look back. I'm like, oh my gosh, I was selling mouthwash to my neighbors as a kid. I started a tutoring company. I mean, all and anytime I had a job, I would be thinking, wait, how could I do this on my own and be more efficient and earn more money and be the boss? You know, so I was always you I already just, had that. Yeah, I think together. there's there really is just kind of a I don't know if it's a stigma or just a cliche of what it means to, you know, have a business degree or to be an entrepreneur. And that's one thing that I've really happily broken open myself to be like, oh, it does not mean what I thought it meant. And it doesn't apply to a specific type of person. Anyone can do it if they want to. So that's so cool. Yeah. On that, like in college, right? So I studied English. I definitely consider myself more of like a creative thinker. I've never loved math. Taking a business course in college made me like, ugh, you know, and so realizing being an entrepreneur doesn't have to look like what I thought it, you know, this business student who carries a briefcase and da da da. Like it was very mind shattering. Like, oh my gosh, I am a businesswoman. Who knew? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. You started this business. Did you say 2016 was when you mm -hmm. started it? Okay. Yep. Tell us more about it. So how, yeah. how far has it come in the last seven yeah. years? It's evolved a lot. So I started with the monthly subscription box where I would curate things and, and, you know, send that out. And then I started realizing every dollar earned was more of my time. If I wanted, you know, more customers, I'd have to make another box. And so I was like, that this is, I don't want to scale like this. I either have to hire a team and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I stopped that and I changed to a digital membership where one, I wasn't having to buy product. Um, two, my, my revenue was higher because I wasn't, you know, paying for any product. Uh, and every customer brought on was no extra work for me. I was creating one thing and it, it was, you know, scalable to infinity. And so it became this digital membership where they got patterns every month and a few other things. And meanwhile, I was learning how to write quilt patterns, that creative part of me, I would make a quilt pattern. And I was like, man, I've got ideas for this. I could create this, this, and this. And then I realized I it was really hard to learn how to write quilt patterns. No one was teaching. And anyone who did know, they're like, they didn't want to tell their secret of how they were doing it. It was kind of like, oh, no, you're my competition. Yeah. So I was like, man, there's a market here for teaching people how to do this. So I started a course on how to write and sell quilt patterns. And that has now by far been my most successful. Like I have a published book. I design fabric now. I have the membership, I sell patterns, but yet that course is my biggest money earner. Man, that's so cool. And so satisfying too, to just have that, like you're adding so much value to the world that people want. And it's a source of this passive income that just is right. so, so powerful in a business. Um, so this is what I love about this whole situation is you have some health conditions, some autoimmune conditions, and you are still fully running a business and showing up when I'm sure it's sometimes harder than just the regular lay person who might not have conditions like this. So tell us a little bit about, tell us your health history. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, one thing that, well, two things that I struggle with, one is ADHD, the inattentive. Okay. And that 
has possibly been more of a, well, it's really helped me, but it's also really hurt me as far as being an entrepreneur. Um, yeah. But then I also have autoimmune stuff, which, um, you know, I kind of wonder, it's gotten worse and worse over the years. I'm like, is it because I'm so busy with my, I don't know, who knows, chicken or the egg, but anyhow, so I have autoimmune stuff as well. And, um, and I'm also curious to hear from you. I feel like a lot of quilters, and I like to call them quilterpreneurs, quilter, oh, quilting entrepreneurs. <laughs> a lot of us have autoimmune stuff. Now, is this generally, is it higher percentage in my audience or is like everyone in the world struggling with this? Is Are there a lot of people struggling with this? Yes, there are a great deal of people struggling with autoimmune conditions. And I think there isn't quite enough discussion about it until someone brings it up, right? It's kind of the silent condition that people don't um, just voluntarily talk about if there isn't a good reason for it. And it sounds like what happened with you is you kind of brought it up on your podcast and other yep. people were like, oh, me too, me too. And that's one of the really interesting things about it is at least in my community, it's like you have to be a little bit of the trailblazer to give people permission to talk about it. Not because there's any shame or anything, but maybe there is for some people where it's just like, it's a little bit uncomfortable to talk about. There are also many conditions where you might not know anybody else with it. And so because mm -hmm. of that, it's isolating. And you're also like, who wants to hear about this thing that I have? No one, you know? And so there's, there's a whole mental game to it. That's um, I think contributes to the lack of awareness of it. But I, I do think that's interesting. Like quilters, I I'm sure it's like, you know, not causation, but it's just funny to <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, there are some things population. like quilters that gen generally are more homebodies or introverts. We like to read. I mean, there's a few things that I know. And now I'm like, now is there also this correlation with like a lot of us have autoimmune or is that just right. the population at large, you know? Yeah. So and I mean, there's just so many different conditions too, that it's like, unfortunately, most people have some type of something. Right. You know? Yeah. It's just such an interesting world that I feel like, of course, I had no awareness of until I was diagnosed with my rare disease. And then I was just like, I must be the only person on planet earth dealing with this or dealing with something like this. And of course I was wrong. Thank heavens. Right. But it is just such a, it's such an odd thing that people don't talk about the way they would talk about like having cancer or having the flu. It's just this intermediary thing. That's a little bit different. Well, and I did see another uh, quilter who just ever so briefly shared a post like, I don't like to talk about this a lot because I don't want to be a complainer. Mm -hmm. And she shared about her health conditions. And I was like, I don't feel like that's complaining. I feel like it's bringing awareness and almost like a community of like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. So I wonder if people feel like by talking about what they struggle with, that, that it has to look Debbie Downer-ish or something, you know, I don't know. I've seen that argument as well. And it's unfortunate because I think you're right where community is so powerful in navigating these things. Even if there's not quite the same condition, there's just empathy and understanding. Like you're experiencing a flare, having these things just chronically over time. Um, but I think it's kind of a generational mindset where it's viewed as complaining if you talk about things that are hard. And I think there's a difference between like saying, oh, everyone pity me versus being like, this is hard. I'm sharing it. I'm hoping this will help someone feel like they're not as alone in their condition. And more often than not, people are in the latter. They just want to share and talk about it. And sometimes it can be therapeutic to share an experience with it. 
just to know that it's like, it's normal and unfortunate and hard, but there's a community of people in the world that are cheering you on and saying, it's okay, we can get through this, you know, Mm -hmm. not the end of the world. Well, and the thing that I've heard from a lot of people in my audience, especially, you know, the entrepreneurs is this, I guess this belief or fear that because they struggle with chronic health issues, they're not able to do what other people do and that they see everyone else as being totally healthy, being able to run a hundred miles per hour and not realizing that a lot of these people who are doing these things behind closed doors, it looks very differently. You know, a lot of us are struggling with health things and what you see on the front end is not what you see on the back end, you know, where we're either hiring a lot of people or we're going slower or it just, there's accommodations that we're making to, to make it work. Um, and knowing that slower is okay. It doesn't have to be a hundred miles an hour. Totally. And I really feel like you are such an example of what's possible here as someone that has autoimmune conditions as well as ADHD, because for many people, they could take something like that, a diagnosis and use it as a reason to not pursue the life they want to live. And so what does it look like for you running a very successful business, but also managing health that can often get in the way? Yeah. I mean, well, for one, and they're kind of intertwined. So I'll I'll probably intermix the ADHD and the health together. Mm -hmm. Um, but I guess at first you, you, I started off slowly. Right. Um, so now I do offer more things, but I have a team. So for now I'll talk, talk to now right now I have a team. So I bring people on who are super organized and have that math organizational skill set that I don't have. And if something comes up like, Oh, I know that I need to make sure this gets sent out or someone's announced as the winner and the prize is emailed to them. I have my person who's very organized do that because if it's up to me, I'll forget it and it won't happen uh, or it's very likely that it won't happen. Um, And then I also have people in place doing things so that if I need to sleep in on a certain day or get a little more rest, my business can still function and run. Now that's now, I mean, at the beginning of a business, it looks very different. Like I said, I just had to go a lot slower and build in. And there were some fumbles. There were some like, oh man, I missed that. Like, that's embarrassing. You know, I guess being open and transparent with my audience, like, I, I'm so sorry I slipped. Um, and if they aren't here for it, then they're just not my ideal customer anyhow, you know? Um, but I guess just giving yourself some grace that like, it's okay to not be perfect. You got to do your best and have integrity. But if you make mistakes or slip up or you can't show up or you said, I'm going to release this by this day. And then you get really sick, letting your audience know just full transparency. I'm dealing with this thing again. Um, It's going to, this will have to be a little bit later than what I thought, but as soon as I can, I'll get that out to you, you know? So I guess just being open. Yeah. And by doing that, I feel like I do connect with my people even more. They're like, oh, I struggle yes. with that too. And- yeah. And that's exactly what I was going to say is I, that's such a beautiful example of just representing your humanity. It's like so often we look at businesses, especially when they're online, and it can kind of dehumanize us a little bit because we're not face to face with people. And so the fact that you can just own up and be so human, I mean, that is very appealing from a customer perspective again some might not love that and that's fine. Right. But I just think if, if anyone were to say that to me to be like, man, I am just struggling right now. And I promise I'll, I'll deliver when I can. Of course, it's like my first inclination would just to be like, you got this, no worries. Mm-hmm. Don't even sweat me. You just take care of yourself. You know what I mean? But I love that you 
have still, in spite of the fumbles and just the many mistakes that are a part of business building, have continued on and been able to create something that's so successful because I think that's such a deterrent for people when they want to start something and create something in their life is it's like, I just don't want to make the mistakes. And the second you can accept, well, I'm going to make a lot of them. It's like, that's what leads you to success. Yes, absolutely. And that's where the ADHD comes into my uh, benefit where with the the inattentive, you kind of jump into things without fully thinking about it, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I do. And sometimes I'll have students or, you know, I'll coach someone and they're just terrified to do something. Cause they're like, well, what if I make a mistake? What if people see this? I'm like, yeah, you probably will. Yeah. But you just kind of got to jump in and do it. And, and you're probably going to have people that are not happy with the mistake, but it says more about them than you. And good for you for putting yourself out there and trying, you know, if we never are uncomfortable, if we never make a mistake, that means we aren't trying. So just push yeah. yourself and try it. Totally. And one thing that was so powerful for me to learn is to put things out there to the point where as many people as possible had an opinion about it, right? Because indifference oh, yeah. was the worst opinion for someone to have about me. I want people to love me or I want people to hate me just for the sake of me finding the people that I want to help and connect with and add value to. And it can be a scary thought because we're so naturally um, disinclined to let people dislike us. And I think giving permission to the world to not like you it's just like a weight off of my shoulders, at least from like, oh, phew, lots of people aren't going to like me. That's okay. I like me. <laughs> and oh my gosh, like I me. love this. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, it goes back to our human DNA. We are wired yeah. for connection. We want, you know, you'd be like, I don't know, a psychopath if you truly didn't care if people didn't like you. Right. right you know, right. so we're yeah. wired to be part of a herd mentality. But that's huge. Like if people can really embrace and a lot of business owners at first, they're like, no, I want my product to be for everybody. I want everyone. I'm like, no, you don't. You yeah. really want to repulse some people yeah. and attract others. And it's a, it's an uncomfortable thing to lean into, but yeah, no, I like that you, uh, that you've realized that. Right. And I just think there are many ways to like enhance who we are, discover who we are. And building a business is a huge one of those things because it brings up all of the things that we're afraid of that we have to face and work through. And then what's on the other side is like being a stronger person, a different person, a more capable person, and not necessarily more worthy by any means, but it's just like, we're really able to see what we're made of when we can face everything that comes with building a business because it's, it's so difficult and it's so fun, but it's really cool to be able to develop a different relationship with difficult things mm -hmm. instead of being like, oh, this is so hard. I don't want to do it to be like, oh, this is hard. This must be a good thing. I must be doing yeah. something right because this is uncomfortable. And it feels good because then it's like, you just feel like you're moving in, in the direction you're supposed to go as a human to grow and evolve. Absolutely. Yes. I love that. And I hope I never stop doing that, that my entire life, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to shift gears and talk a little bit about your autoimmune condition. I want to just say it here on the podcast because it's rare. I had never heard of it when you mentioned yeah. it to me. Um, so I'm going to see if I can say it right erythema multiform. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. That's right. So tell us about this condition. We may have some listeners with it. If we do, I would be so thrilled to share you with them, but tell us a little yeah. bit about the condition. Yeah. So it started out where I would wake up and my lips would be really huge. And it generally happened <laughs> on a weekend. And I'd wake up and be like, I am not going anywhere this weekend. People are going to be like, Oh girl, 
back yeah. off the lip yeah. filler, you know? <laughs> and I was like, that's not, so, that is not what's happening here. Um, so that would happen. And then I'd get this weird rash on my wrist and then another on my palm of my hand. That was it. And I was like, I, honestly, that happened a couple of times and I was like, what is happening? And then my mouth, but then after a little bit, then I started getting like my tongue and sores on the roof of my mouth and under my tongue. And I, I was like, I'm allergic to something. This is clearly an allergic reaction. I would have assumed um, that. Yeah. yeah. And then it started, my lips would get sore and I started getting more rashes on my feet and my hands or anything anywhere else. Um, and I was going to all sorts of doctors and my dentist, anyone like, what is this? What is this? And I'm trying to remember what doctor they were like, we're going to do a bunch of blood tests and this and that. And I was like, all right, let me first just see if I can get into my dermatologist. And so I made an appointment. She's like, yeah, actually I'm open. You can pop over now. And I walked in her office and she saw me and she's like, oh yeah, it's erythema multiform. And I started right bawling. off the bat. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you know what this is? That alone. I was like, oh my gosh, there's an answer. And she's like, yes, we'll get you prednisone and for your lips. Cause they were really bad. She's like, I'm going to get some cream you can put on so they don't get infected. And I like sent chocolate covered strawberries to her just, you know, like yeah. to have an answer. I was like, oh my yeah. gosh. So I'm not alert. So basically it's autoimmune. Uh, the body responds to either medication or illness. Uh, very often it would be triggered by a cold sore and then this would flare up. Um, but yeah, recently it's been, my body's on hypersensitivity and she actually wants me back in to do some blood work to see what's going on. So yeah. Yeah. I really admire your persistence because it can be exhausting and very discouraging to go from specialist to specialist and get conflicting information or no information or very like dismal information, right? It's like, mm -hmm. it's just so emotionally taxing to go through the diagnosis process, especially for something rare. And so I love that you were persistent and just being like, we're going to just cover our bases because mm -hmm. it is hard to do that sometimes, but it is the, the feeling of finally getting a name for it is, it's such a good feeling. And it's like, instead of being, oh, this is so awful. It's for me, at least it was like, this feels so much better to like have something concrete to, to attach to what's happening to me, that it's not just some made up thing in my head. Right. Well, and I don't know about you, but after that, I knew what it was. I have probably Googled and read every article over and over and over. Like I already know what is out there, but every time I have a flare up or anything, I go and Google again. I'm like, let's read about this again. Yeah. See, that has got to be a normal thing, right? I yeah, feel like. Yeah. Why do well, I and reading? that's what's hard is sometimes with these conditions, Google is your not your best resource, but it's what we utilize the most. Cause I feel like there have been so many times where I'm like, man, I just wish I could like have an hour with my doctor and just ask all these questions that I can't think of on the spot, but I can just write them all down and, and see if I can just get like a crash course on what this is. And it's hard to get the information that you want to get about it. And so we end up going to Google and sometimes it's really helpful. I have found some helpful things, but other times it's just like, overwhelming. Like for me, it, I have to be, be very emotionally mindful because otherwise it can be a dark hole and be very, uh, just, just sad. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so it's like, it's unfortunate that we have to just go to the internet. It's a great thing we have, of course, a great resource, right. but I think that there is a lack of understanding, especially for the more rare conditions that 
there's a, a that's missing in the medical community is really understanding your conditions and getting all your yeah. questions answered. I mean, on my list, which has been on my list now for years, is to find a specialist and go. I don't even care if they live in Timbuktu. Like, I just want to go find oh, them and be oh. like, tell me everything. Is there anything else I can be doing besides taking prednisone every time this flares up? Because that's yeah. hard on the body, too, you know? Totally. How do you approach your flares? You have a flare. What is your personal protocol? Uh, well, okay. Tell me if this is what you're, what you're looking for. It used to be, I was an emotional wreck. I would wake up and be like, and it always happens at night. I would feel the tingling and the, you know, all the things. And I'd be like really stressed out and just upset. And, um, and then I would immediately start taking the prednisone. I have some on hand. I have one for travel because it happens a lot when I travel and one at home and I get up and I start taking that prednisone ASAP. Cause I'm like, let's nip this in the bud. Um, but the last couple times the flare ups, they, while they're happening more frequently, they're not as intense. And so I've actually just not taken the prednisone and I've kind of like, let's just wait it out. Mm -hmm. Um, because my body needs a break from all that. But, um, so yeah, but, but like I said, it's just, it kind of keeps on happening and just coming and coming. So that's why I'm like, I think I need to go see someone and just see yeah, what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked a little bit before we started recording just about kind of anti-inflammatory diet protocol. Is that something that you have been implementing for a while, or is this kind of a new thing that you're trying I tried it for like a month right around the holidays, which whatever, I was so determined. I didn't care. I'm like, I'm not having it. any treats, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but then we traveled for a couple of weeks and I was like, I, I mean, we went to Israel and I was like, well, whatever you've got, I'll eat, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. um, so then I came back and I didn't have a flare up and I was like, I'm good. And now the flare ups are coming back and I'm like, oh, I should probably look into that again. Yeah. What were the main things I we were talking about this as well, that the anti-inflammatory protocol can be a little bit nuanced and it, there can be a lot of obvious things to eliminate and maybe some other not so obvious things. And some people say they're okay, or maybe not. What have you tried in terms of like elimination or adding more of that you feel like was useful during that month of the holidays? Yeah. I mean, excess sugar, right? That's a big one. Um, which is unfortunate because I really love sugar, but, um, yeah, sugar and then dairy and gluten. Okay. So those are kind of them. Those are, there's kind of the trifecta. There's like the gluten, dairy, sugar, and then sometimes eggs are thrown in there as well. Mm -hmm. But, um, it's, it's an interesting thing. I saw a post that was like, I've eliminated, it was something like I've eliminated sugar and gluten and dairy. And now I'm just waiting to finish off the last of my happiness left or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, that's funny. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, I think that's a legitimate thing, but did you feel like that was helpful? You said you didn't have any flares. Do you feel like that was directly related to that? No, I don't know. See, I and it was, it wasn't long enough to really say, yeah. Um, but because this is so connected, my erythema multiform is so connected with if I get a cold or if I have a cold sore, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I feel like I'm still human. So while it might help 
I'm still going to have these things. So I don't, and then part of me is like, so then do I even really want to change my life that much? You know, anyhow, here's, here's the inside thoughts of Elizabeth. And then, yes, I do feel like it would probably be better for my overall health. So maybe I do it anyhow. I don't know. Yeah. It's such a mind game. And that's something that I've just noticed in my clients is just kind of seeing all of those mental cycles that we go through of like, I'm committed to this. Oh, maybe not. Does it even work? And it's just as like, we have to sometimes clean up our diet. There's so much that we have to clean up mentally and it can feel like just a lot of noise about it. And so I commend you for still just showing up and doing the things. Um, what are you currently working on in your health? What are you passionate about in your health right now? Yeah, I did recently start, um, a workout program. What is it? not another fit mom. It's like a 12 week workout program. And as you know, as vulnerable as it is, I'll, I'll send you, you can put it in the show notes. If you want a photo, I've just been doing it now for, I guess I'm on week six now or going into week seven, but I took a photo at the beginning and then at week five and the results are pretty big. Um, awesome. After just five weeks. And I mean, I generally am trying to eat healthy. Um, I do. I I'm very big on getting enough sleep. I just am a person that needs a lot of sleep. So I'm always trying to like, let's try and eat a little bit better. And I'm very addicted to sugar. And so that's my area where it's like, I struggle with that. But, um, but yeah, currently working out. Is it like home workouts, gym workout, home workouts? Yeah. Home workouts. Yeah. And I've okay. tried enough, like I'm going to join a gym at this phase of my life. No. I just need to be able to do it quick and do it at home. And, and we have a little home gym here. So it's nothing fancy. It's like dumbbells, you know, what you don't need much that's fancy. Yeah. Seriously. Right. Yeah. So much with very little. Yep. I mean, your own body weight for crying out loud, you know, (laughs) right. Right. And that's one of those things that I find that people run into is the all or nothing thinking like it needs to be at a gym, a 90 minute workout, or it's not worth it. And it's like, well, that's actually not true at all. <laughs> right. I mean, even so walking, much. just go out for yeah. a walk, if nothing, you know? Yeah, totally. And I love to, I mean, the way that I approach wellness and health is very comprehensive, right? So from the physical perspective, what someone's eating, how they're moving, if they're walking, how they're sleeping, how they're hydrating, um, what they are avoiding, what they need more of. Um, and then there's also the mental health element too, is it's like, you have to figure out how you're thinking about food. And we all have those vices and those things that we love. And so the awareness that you have is super awesome of just like, okay, I know these are the things that I love that I need to rein in a little bit. And again, that you're showing up even when it's hard, when you've got these issues and you've got the, the, the pain and the fatigue and just, dealing with autoimmune stuff is rough and you still keep showing up. Yeah. Well, thank you. You're very supportive and encouraging. I really (laughs) like that. (laughs) So for those that want to find you, where can people find you that is best? Yeah. So I have a podcast called the craft to career podcast. And then uh, you can find me on Instagram at quilters underscore candy which I follow. And it's so fun to see your little patterns, which I'm also just going <laughs> to laugh every time that you didn't even have a background in quilting. I just think that's the I coolest thing ever to be like, I'm just going to start a business with this. <laughs> yep. Yep. Hey, well, Elizabeth, let's do a final question. What is your biggest pet peeve? 
Oh yeah. This is well, and I guess this ties into like the mental health, but um and probably a little bit of an insight into myself and something I'm working on. <laughs> but pet peeve. Um when people <sighs> make excuses for why they're not having the success they want instead of just owning it you know yeah like preach seriously right (laughs) yes and and that goes back to what we were talking about is it's like just owning your mistakes is so empowering and opens up your life in such a dramatic way and it is unfortunate to see people just getting in their own way to be like man you are blocking yourself from doing so many awesome things just because you want to blame something else and not take responsibility. Right. So yeah. Well, it's way easier. I get it. It's way easier to make it not about you and like, oh, this yeah. is out of my control, you know, but yeah. it's actually really empowering when you're like, oh no, I actually can determine the outcome here. You know, I let, let that be in my hands. I don't want to give my, my life, my results into anyone else's control. Like this is me, mine. So yeah. That's so rad. Well, what a great note to end on. Thank you so much for being I've being on the podcast. I've loved having you and it's just your message is amazing. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Are you ready to lose weight, but you don't know where to start? I have something for free that can help. Here at Brain Diet, I offer a free set your custom macros call. On this call, I'll want to know what your goals are and set you on the nutritional path to achieving them. This is a private call with me where I get all the information about you and your body so I can deliver a custom calorie and macronutrient count that when implemented will lead to weight loss in a kind and nourishing way. And if you're ready to hire a coach to walk you through every step of your weight loss journey, I'll tell you everything you need to know about that too. So if it's your time to start losing weight in a sustainable, healthy, and nourishing way, sign up for this free set your custom macro call at the link in the show notes. I'll see you soon. Thank you.